Are you struggling as a parent? Or is your child struggling and you're just not sure what to do? They might be struggling with something emotional, like depression, anxiety, loneliness, cutting, or getting bullied. It's hard for us as parents to know what to do. Well, welcome to the Dr. Todd Talks podcast. I've worked with over 10,000 families from all over the world. I've worked with celebrities, I've worked with royalty, and I've worked with normal families like you and I. We all just want to have happy, resilient kids. How do you do that when your child gets a little bit off track? Well, if you're a parent struggling right now, and you feel like you're at the end of your rope and just not sure what to do, then listen to my stories of connection, where I'm going to share hope and relief and strategies on how to create happy, resilient kids. Let's get started. Hey, it's Dr. Todd Corelli here. Welcome back. If you saw video one, then you will understand the concept that I call the parenting paradox. And this is where parents try to manage, control, and protect their kids when they're young. And then children never learn to manage themselves as they grow older. They are protected from the consequences of their choices and therefore never get the gift of learning to make better choices. Their behavior is always guided externally by their parents' expectations rather than internally by their own autonomous sense of right and wrong. Then when they get older, they continue to be guided externally, but this time it's by their peers rather than from their own internal sense of right and wrong. In this video, I'm gonna share what you can actually do in order to connect with your child and build real lasting positive influence. Let's talk about influence that comes from within. If we buy into the idea that requiring compliance from our kids is a bad idea, then what alternatives do we have? And how can we start teaching them when they're young to be guided by something other than our wishes for them or our demands or expectations for them? Is it really possible for us to discourage conformity and yet still have enormous influence with our kids? As I said earlier, our goal now becomes to actively and consistently prepare them to be adults long before they're actually adults. One of the most powerful ways to do this is to learn how to influence their feelings and to teach them how to be guided by those feelings. So now I wanna to talk to you about the power of feelings. Let me ask you a question. Has it ever felt like what you say to your kids goes in one ear and out the other? Most of us tend to rely on logic and reasoning and we will lecture our kids ad nauseum despite the fact that it always feels like we're being blown off because we are being blown off, by the way. The truth is it doesn't matter what they know. It only matters how they feel about what they know. We as humans are driven by emotions and feelings are the fuel that motivates most of our behaviors. Let me give you a couple of examples to illustrate what I mean. One of my longtime friends recently had a heart attack. He had been very overweight for years and every year was you know, another 10 pounds. And by the time he had the heart attack, nobody frankly was very surprised. We were just really concerned about Bob. Bob knew that he should eat better. He knew that he should exercise and he had tried everything you can think of. This guy was the absolute expert on every new diet that was out there. I don't know anybody that knew more about diets than Bob. Then. After his heart attack, he began dropping weight like you wouldn't believe. Here's why. Bob had two little girls at home and he adored these kids. And when he had this heart attack, it freaked him out. He did not want to die. He wanted to see these girls grow up. 
So despite the fact that he had known for years that he should lose weight and he knew how to lose weight, how he felt about that knowledge changed everything. Let me give you another example to illustrate the power of feelings. Have any of you ever had a teenage son or daughter who brought home a friend that you didn't like? I cannot tell you how many kids I've worked with over the years who repeatedly get into bad romantic relationships. Some of these relationships are needy, codependent, and sometimes they're actually even abusive. I can think of one girl right now who, I, she had such a strong drive for acceptance that she was always in some awful, unhealthy relationship with a boy. And she was always being taken advantage of. It happened so frequently that it actually was the norm for her. And when I asked her about it, she just shrugged her shoulders and she would admit to me that she just likes the attention. It makes her feel good about herself to know that somebody likes her. While her parents complained to me that there was no amount of reasoning that they could do with her which highlights the fact that what this girl knows doesn't come close to mattering as much as how she feels about what she knows. So feelings drive behavior and her insatiable desire for validation from boys outweighed everything else. It outweighed any knowledge or reasoning that she had. So from these examples, I hope you can understand how powerful feelings can be as motivators of behavior. I think feelings motivate almost all behavior. So really to be a truly effective parent, you simply must learn how to understand and influence your child's feelings. In fact, I think the central ingredient of influential parenting is the ability of us as parents to influence our children's feelings. I think words and ideas are okay. They can be influential. Sometimes advice and counsel is okay, but nothing is more powerful than feelings. So now I want to introduce you to a powerful way to influence your child's feelings about what he or she knows. And this is ultimately a teaching tool that will maximize your influence with them. It will allow you to influence them from the inside out without any kind of external pressure from you. So let me start with an illustration and then I'm going to clarify. But the important thing to pay attention here is that we're trying to help our children understand how they feel about themselves. So let me tell you a story. Several years ago, my seven-year-old son began misbehaving in the backseat of our car. We were on our way to the store. So I pulled over to the side of the road, turned around, and I looked at him. He kept doing what he was doing, so I just sat there and waited. He seemed to become even more enthusiastic about his bad behavior, so I just kept waiting. And he kept being defiant. Well, eventually he stopped, he calmed down, and then I turned around, we drove on, and nothing was said. Let me tell you about him. He knew he was behaving badly. Nobody had to tell him that. I didn't have to tell him that. He also knew how to correct the situation if he wanted to. Well, later in the day, he asked if we could do something together. And I said, sure, but we had to have a talk first. I asked him if he liked the way he acted in the car earlier. He just looked down at the ground and said, no. So I asked him to tell me, like, what did you disapprove of? And he answered with a lot of clarity. Obviously, he knew I was upset about what he did earlier, but I didn't scold him, I didn't punish him, I didn't even try to control him. All I did was ask him a question, and it was a question, and here's the key, it required him to talk openly about the feelings he was having about himself. So asking him was actually a way of encouraging him to be more aware and to be more responsive to his own self-evaluative thoughts and feelings rather than my feelings were. So when you do this with kids often enough, they gradually start to rely on their own self-control. 
and they need less and less external control. But before this self-control develops, the child has to learn how to recognize how she or he feels about themselves for the things that they do. So now let's talk about this concept of self-evaluative thoughts and feelings. The idea of self-evaluative thoughts and feelings will probably be new to most of you. Just remember, new doesn't mean it's hard to understand. It's just you're probably not that familiar with the concept. Self-evaluative thoughts and feelings really play a vital role in healthy personal development of almost every kind. Um, but really, most of us tend to ignore them. So let me just start with some of the basics. What are self-evaluative thoughts and feelings? Here's how I would describe that. Somewhere during early childhood, children develop the capacity to notice or observe their own behavior, and they can do it very accurately. They can also recognize the feelings that they have about their behavior. So they are both the actor and the spectator of their own behaviors and feelings, and they have front row seats to observe this. The reality of self-evaluative thoughts and feelings is really easy to verify. So it just, it just takes a quick moment of really honest introspection. So let me ask you, for example, I want you to think back to the last time you interacted with your kids when you were upset. Notice how you feel. Are you pleased or are you disappointed with what you did? Do you wish you'd done things differently? Answers to questions like this reveal your self-evaluative thoughts and feelings. They tell you how you feel about yourself for what you've done. So just like breathing, these self-evaluative processes, they go on automatically all the time. Sometimes they even take place at lower levels of awareness than others, but they are always going on. When our evaluation of ourselves is favorable, we experience pleasant feelings of approval, of self-approval. But when our feelings are negative, we experience our own disapproval, and that can make us feel sad or depressed. Well, kids naturally learn at an early age to be sensitive and responsive to the evaluations of others, particularly their parents but they are hardly ever taught to be aware of and responsive to their own self-evaluations. And I think the result of this is tragic. Why do I think that's tragic? Because children who are taught to be overly sensitive to the evaluations of others while they're young, they usually never learn how to be responsive to their own self-evaluations as they grow older. So let's talk about the benefits of self-evaluative thoughts and feelings. Encouraging children to become aware of and responsive to their own internal self-evaluative processes is a huge departure from the traditional manner of parenting. I think parents almost reflexively prefer and emphasize our approval or our disapproval. That's the standard that should govern our kids' conduct. And I think this is such a mistake. Emotionally, self-evaluative thoughts and feelings, these are the underlying basis for emotional health. People cannot behave in ways that they disapprove of without damaging their own emotional health. So guilt, shame, anxiety, these generally accompany behavior that is disapproved of by the individual. And more importantly, learning to behave consistently in ways that you yourself approve of, that is the underlying basis for self-esteem. And self-esteem is the one attribute that is often considered to be the cornerstone of, of, of good, strong emotional health. So looking inward teaches children the value of, of approving their own behavior. And more importantly, it provides a basis for governing their own conduct. It teaches them self-control. So in video one, we discussed the parenting paradox. And, and that paradox tends to trap us in power struggles with our kids. In this video, 
we've learned a way out of that paradox trap by focusing on connecting with our kids, primarily with their feelings, and then asking them questions to help them become more aware of and more responsive to their own internal self-evaluative thoughts and feelings. Now in video three, I'm gonna share more about this vital step, including sharing some case studies in how to best use these principles. And I'm also gonna share some rules that I think you will want to follow. I'll see you there. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Dr. Todd. And if you would like to move forward with healing yourself and helping to heal your children, I'd like to invite you to the Parenting Made Easy Challenge. It's a free challenge, and it's going to be private and confidential. You don't even have to have your camera on. But I would like to invite you to a free, small, mini-workshop where I'm going to show you some strategies of how to start to heal yourself and your children and your family. This is especially important around the holidays, which is a very stressful time with a lot of heartache, a lot of loneliness, and a lot of stress. So I invite you to sign up. You can click the link inside of the show notes inside the description of this episode and sign up for free and then you can meet me live so I can show you some strategies of how to get through the holidays and how to start the process of healing your family.